Where is he? Where is he? Hey, hi everybody. Good to have you with us this morning. Those of you on live stream, great to have you with us. Thank you for viewing. And I understand that the Facebook piece of this is not quite uh, working. We are live on YouTube now. And so you can also watch us on YouTube. A uh, couple of benefits there. YouTube also has a chat uh, stream just like Facebook does, so you're able to continue to chat with us. But one of the great things about YouTube that we don't get with Facebook is we have the ability to play uh, some of the music that we would love to play for you, uh, but it gets taken down on Facebook. And if we just issue a proper disclaimer with YouTube, then it continues to play. So get familiar with that link and be out there. We are going to be taking prayer requests. If you have a prayer request, please text it. Those of you here in the congregation, if you have a prayer request, just text it to 720-878-3323. Also, we're taking communion this morning. And so prepare, those of you at home, be preparing your bread and your juice, all right? And we'll receive that towards the close of our service. We're going to have a great service today as we continue with our series called Reductive. This is part two of that. We're going to be discussing change and the illusion of stability. The illusion of stability. So you want to hang around for that, I'm sure. Let's stand, could we? And we're going to worship with uh, our first video worship song this morning. Matt and Lisa are out this morning, as you can tell. And so we're going to worship, worship with our videos. Let's go.
You may be seated. Again, great to have you with us. We've got our Facebook live feed up. You can respond through the chat. You can uh, go out to YouTube and you can share that link as well. It's good to have you with us, everybody that's live streaming. And by the way, these services are recorded and then put up on the internet on our website for you to be able to come back to and reference or share with a friend. So please be aware of that and do that. Now, at this point, we're going to have a question that we introduce our subject with for the day. Those of you that watch regularly, those of you that have been coming, you know about this, where we pose a question and then we elicit your responses. So, I would love for you out in our live stream audience to respond as well to the question that we're about to ask. When you do, here's how you let us know. Put it in the Facebook chat, the YouTube chat, or you can uh, text it to 720-878-3323. Again, 720-878-3323. Am I talking fast enough for you? I want to get through all of this because I'm excited about sharing the Word of God this morning. So here's our question for this morning. And again, we're opening this up both to you and to those who are live streaming for your responses. I want to issue a disclaimer. There are no right or wrong answers. We're not trying to get you, all right? We're not going to circle around and correct you. That's not the idea. We really and truly want to hear from you and have your engagement in the thought that the question raises, all right? Here is our question for this morning. In what way has normal quote, normal, changed for you over these last 18 months. Describe a struggle that you are having in getting back again. In what way has normal changed for you? Describe a struggle to get back. Text 720 if you'd like to text an answer to that. 720-878-3323. All right, we will put the question up again or have it in the corner of the screen for you as well uh, for you to be able to view. All right, so far nothing here on Facebook or my text. Any, am I on here? Let's see. All right, maybe that's better. Hey, good morning, everybody. It's been a rush of a morning. We, we just opened up child care for the first time today and kind of working through the, 
uh, how to do that and uh, getting everything in place. So uh, I apologize. I feel a little rushed back and forth here this you morning. You have been, I know. Yeah. <laughs> so now that my mind is in place, anybody here have a response to our question this morning? In what way has normal changed for you? Describe a struggle to get back. And Kathy, I see your picture out there. Uh, if you have a response, you might want to text me. I haven't found anything on Facebook yet. A lot of times we get responses. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, thank you. As you can tell, I still have the mask. So, so hold norm, normal is the mask, and I haven't been able to let go of it yet. So I, even though I'm fully vaccinated. So it's just normal that I still put one on, even though it's, it's coming back to normal that I don't need it my mindset is just in case yes. because COVID is still out there. So. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. As a matter of careful is normal. Yes, being careful is normal. Yes, and as we know some people yeah. who are struggling with COVID, which actually shocked me, uh, I, I had to stop and think myself about what do I feel about this because to me everything had fully opened. So right. what's normal? Yeah, yeah. Any, anyone else? Yeah. Now, Nina's going to hold the microphone for you, and she's going to put it real close to your lips. Yeah, uh, my normal is uh, adjusting to being married for the first time in that life, and there's no struggle because I don't want that old normal back. Okay. Good answer. Okay. He gets points. What happens if you don't want it back? <laughs> there you the, go. the old normal, having yes, been yes. married before. Well, in your yeah. case, that's different. <laughs> you better not want normal. Back. Yeah, well, these, these are very interesting. So I'm going to comment on two things that I heard. First of all, from Pam. Nina's coming back up and uh, so that we can both be on camera here. Pam is uh, raised an interesting thing that, that, that I caught. Pam, I'm, I'm used to being cautious. I'm used to being caught. Now, she's fully vaccinated. Wouldn't need to wear a mask, but it's sort of become for us second nature, hasn't it? And, and so she's used to being cautious. See, number one, when this whole thing started 18 months ago, the position we took as a church, which was not common among some of the circles that we ran in, uh, was, number one, we're going to mask and social distance and follow CDC guidelines because we do want to be cautious, okay, and that's what the community was being encouraged to do. And we're not separate from the community. We are part of the community. All right? It, it, it's time for the church to quit thinking we and they. We, the saved, the, you know, the godly, the people who go to church, and they, the people who don't, we, the Christians, and they, who deserve to get COVID. I mean, oh, they're not, no. right? Oh, no, that's terrible. It is terrible, but actually it's how some people think whenever there is, quote, a judgment, could be a, a, a flood, could be a catastrophic earthquake, you know, because you've seen it, I'm sure, where the Internet fills up with preachers, all right, and even televangelists coming on the air and saying that happened in that place geographically because of the judgment of God upon that people or that nation. That is profoundly wrong, and we reject every sense uh, of that notion. The second reason we masked and observed CDC guidelines was because Paul said, if in the presence of someone whose conscience tells them that something is important, then you go with them. You defer to their conscience. So, for instance, I, I've given you this illustration before. For some, having a glass of wine with their meal is forbidden. It, uh, you know, their, their faith, their conscience, their moral, maybe their past history doesn't allow them to do that. For me, I have that freedom. But if I'm in your presence and you don't have the freedom to drink a glass of wine with your meal, then I'm not going to have a glass of wine when I'm having a meal with you. You see what I'm saying? So we defer. Paul said we're to defer out of love to the conscience of others. Well, being part of the community, we felt it was important not only for our own safety and for the safety of others, but to defer in love as Paul said, to the conscience of other people. I appreciate that 
caution has, is still such a part of your, your being that you're just you're in that habit. I appreciate that. A second thing I heard from uh, our other couple, newly married, is they're, they're still finding their, they're still acclimating to a new relationship, and they're not so sure that they want normal, quote, normal back. How many of you can identify with that? Well, if they don't want normal back because then they wouldn't be married. That's what they were saying. They don't want normal back because <laughs> they don't want to be married. And no, no, because then they wouldn't be married because, because they, didn't they used to be they married. They didn't used to be normal married at all. was not married. Wasn't there, wasn't there a marriage in there for one of you before this? Yeah, but that's See, different. Well, I, no, it's not from the point I'm making now. We're trying to figure him out. No, so one of the things that that married couples who have been divorced and remarried get caught in a trap of is they begin to compare with something that you liked or appreciated before in a previous relationship. And then that creates an expectation upon your new spouse for them to own something that they can't possibly own. It's very destructive. And so in that sense, we don't want to return to, quote, normal. Never put that on your spouse for those of you that are remarried. Okay, new answers. Sorry, guys. <laughs> All right, so Michael says, uh, wait, wait, wait. Tanya says, bring home, okay, being home all the time and not going out as much. The struggle is in being socially awkward. Mm. So that's, that's her struggle with the new adjusting sure. to a new norm. So you're getting back into the flow of things, and quite frankly, there is some, some difficulty in finding a, quote, new normal as we're adjusting socially. I know the other day I went to Walmart, and about half the people have no mask, and half of the people are still wearing masks, even though here in Colorado we have gone to level clear, all right? So for those fully vaccinated, but, you know, how, what are you going to do, carry a card? What are you going to do? How are you going to prove that? So lots of people could be wandering around in the store without a mask who have not been vaccinated. And so what is our new normal? How do we find socially this new normal after we were told for so long that normal was to mask, to be socially distant, not to hug, to constantly wash and so forth. Uh, it's, it's going to take some time, isn't it? And it's okay. It's okay. Whatever for you, your conscience accepts. If you need to go into Walmart, still mask, bless your heart, you go. You wear that mask and believe God to breathe freely and that you're going to walk out of there without any germs whatsoever. Okay. So Tanya says another normal that changed for them was that a large part of last year was in as a okay. Let me try to re-say this. A large part of what changed this past year for them uh, at, that was normal was finances. The struggle is that my finances have gone to a worse place than it was before pandemic. Ooh, that's a huge normalcy issue for a lot of folks. I have a couple more here. Let's see. And be thinking about your own answers here because we want to bring you the microphone. Thank you for sharing that, Tanya. I, I, I think, I'm not going to comment. I think my message is going to speak to that some. Okay, the new normal for me, from this person says, is that um, I tell people, and then it's slash service people, it's okay not to wear a mask when they enter our home. Also, I used to go into clients' homes. I don't understand, Kathy, let's try this again. Can you, can you read the new normal for me? This is Kathy. She's a Mary Kay representative. The new normal for me is that I used to tell people, service people, I think that's as a Mary Kay representative, that it's okay not to wear a mask when they enter the, her home. Also, I used to go into clients' homes, and now I mostly do business, even facials. Now I understand, Kathy, by Zoom. So that's what's changed for her. She's doing business by Zoom, even though it's facials. You're doing facials by Zoom. I might take her up on that one. Yes. Okay. This person says, <laughs> normal has changed in that many years of, 
after that in the in this person's many years of working at calming PTSD was uprooted by the pandemic and political strife. Mm. The struggle of restarting that healing again is difficult. That's huge, and I think it affects a lot of people. And I think it affects, you know, there, there were things, we went into the pandemic with a lot of uh, emotionally charged issues that while they weren't long-term, they had all just happened. And I know for me, then when the pandemic hit and all the confusion and, and sincerely the fear that was thrown out there along with the political strife, along with the racism strife that happened last year. Yeah. It was, it's like PTSD. It, it may not be quite like PTSD, but it was just, it was just a part of the entire emotional it's, burden and, and It's conflict. just as traumatic. It's traumatic. It's traumatic. The, all of these various things going on in society. I've talked to a number of people who haven't been able to think as well or think as clearly or return to their job with the same purpose or, or find themselves uh, able to go out in public and, and have a level of happiness and uh, peace because of all the things that have been going on in our society that just along with the pandemic hit at once and just ripped our nation apart and I do want to address that this morning thank you thank you for texting these answers 720-878-3323 how about in the congregation any other answers to this yes is yes? that a you don't is you, you just sit and he's, look he's, 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 oh he's texting okay all right well okay, I have more texts here okay so all right so Lisa says she's not as busy running around doing a bunch of things that she used to do because of the pandemic right but that means she also feels less connected to people so that's a normal a quote normal that changed for her Jeff says um he, Jeff I, I does disc jockey work, and he had DJed for 27 years, and I have gone more than three months without DJing, and now I have, and, and had never gone more than three months without DJing. Now he hasn't been a DJ for 14 months, and it feels like I'm going through withdrawal because my normal has been disrupted. So withdrawal from what's norm and enjoyable yeah. because of because of uh, what's been going on with yep. COVID. All right, let's see if there's any more. Uh, did you, are you up oh, there? Here comes Lewis's. All right. Normally now having to navigate a way to be impactful in a world that is now limited by contact. So how to be impactful yeah. in this world when you don't have the freedom of contact. And Lewis really has a gift. He's here and present and texted us that answer. So uh, he really has a gift of evangelism and gathering, and he's very social, and so he's got elevated contact with people and desire to be in their lives and to be present and to hug them and to have FaceTime and all of that. COVID put the kibosh on so much of that. And so that, that poses an interesting issue for us. And not everybody is as comfortable returning Pam, as you've testified, to that sense of safety yet. Yeah. So we're still navigating those waters, aren't we? So it has affected and influenced the gospel. Here's another thing that it's influenced as far as the church is concerned, and I've, I've heard from more than one pastor about this. Pastors who were never even live streaming before now are live streaming, and even after opening the church back up for public gathering, many of their congregants have not come back but they're watching by live stream. And so what we're hearing more of now among all of the pastors, even mega churches, is we now accept the fact that part of our congregation will be in service in the seats and a great part of them will now be uh, external <laughs> outside on the other side of the camera watching a live stream. And that that just is. It just is the new normal for the church. Now, personally, I'm going to tell you, I want to get my hands on you. 
Well, because we want to hug them and love them and see them eye I want to hug you. I want to love you. There's <laughs> stuff that happens eye to eye. There's body language, all of that stuff that doesn't get communicated when we don't have fellowship. Plus, we're going to be turning up the prayers for healing and personal ministry to people and their needs and so forth. So we want you to remember the gathering of the saints. That's it. All right, that's it. Well, thank you, media team, for putting that question up for us. And uh, we are going to move now to our message for this morning. This is part two of our series called Reductive. Change the illusion of stability. Change. We're going to talk about change and the illusion of stability this morning. You know, normal for everybody over the last 18 months has been completely interrupted, no matter who you are or what your vocation. And I submit to you that the goal is not to return. It's to embrace a new future. Could everybody say it? New future. All right. I want to prepare you this morning to embrace new and not return to normal. I don't believe God wants us to return to, quote, normal. As I said, stability is an illusion. Heraclitus, a Greek philosopher, he was born in 450, excuse me, 544 B.C. He said this, no one steps into the same river twice. Think about that. No matter where you are in life or what your personal experiences have been, the next step you take is unique to you and you alone, like your thumbprint. No one steps into the same river twice. Why? Because the river is constantly flowing, ebb and flow. The first step, certain dirt arises from the bottom. The mud gets disturbed. It changes the content of the water. Fish run. And in the next step, that's a different river. There's fresh water. There's different mud. There's different elements floating. No one steps into the same river twice. And for many of us, that's part of our new normal that we need to accept. Don't worry that the river isn't the same. It never has been. You just got certain elements of your stepping in the river, your being in the river, corralled and controlled to your satisfaction where you thought it was under your control. And that's the last thing that God wants in our life is for us to be in control of everything. He wants us to step into the river with an understanding that all of it might change, and that with each step, it's different. He also said this, the only constant in life is change. You've heard that before, right? Well, he's the one that said it, this Greek philosopher. So I submit to you, then only real stability, the only real stability is in the future. Your only real stability is in the future. It's not the present. The present is ever-changing. And you know what happened with this pandemic and all of the social ills that we've been experiencing as a people? God forced us into a new hour of accepting the fact that He wants our lives under His control and not ours. He's forcing the issue that we have to trust Him in new ways that we never have before. Francis of Assisi taught his disciples the principle of dispossession. Not living without things, but without possessing things. See, there's a difference. And how beautifully that actually speaks to the words of Jesus when he taught us to deny ourselves and take up our cross. 
Jesus wasn't saying do without things. He was saying don't let those things possess your life. Be ready to move. Be ready to change in a moment's notice. Keep your trust and faith in me and me alone. You know, Jesus was the most subversive change agent that ever walked the earth. Completely. I mean, his message of grace, his whole way of being and living, his whole message, the very nature of grace, it attacks the entrenched static systems of what we believe. And no one experienced that more than the Pharisees and the Sadducees. The legal religious rulers of Jesus' day who had it all under their control, who knew Scripture backwards and forwards like some of you feel that you do. You've got your life all categorized. You know, you've got a Scripture promise for just everything. And you know what? God is breaking you out of that. Now, we're going to be zooming in on me for some of this, or either that or I'm going to walk towards you. God is breaking you out of your legalism. God is breaking you and I out you and me out of our propensity to control and want everything in nice, neat little jars that we have labels on. I don't believe God sent the pandemic, but boy, is he using it for his glory because it's changed the normal. You know, you stop and think about the message of Jesus and how it completely turned upside down the religious system and teaching of his day. God started a revolt against the religion he established. I love what Bruxy Cavey says when he brings up that point and then says, if God was willing to start a revolt against the very religion he established, don't think that he has any problem turning upside down all of the institutions and beliefs that you and I trust in. You'll remember during the teaching of Jesus, especially in the Beatitudes, a very famous saying of his, you've heard that it was said, right? And he'd quote an Old Testament scripture or law, but I say to you, and in that one breath, he was superseding all of the Old Testament law and religious systems of his day. Your religion, your normal, your ability to control things, says this, but I say to you this, and he turned it all upside down. How many of you know God is involved in turning our world upside down? <laughs> and as Paul said, it, it's difficult to kick against the prick. And what he meant by that is, hey, you know, there's a certain point at which you need to quit fighting. And you need to let God and his son Jesus take control of your ship because they know just where to guide it and just where you're going and how to navigate the waters. He didn't promise smooth waters all the time. He promised to get you to the other side. When he told his disciples, get into the boat, we are going to the other side, what was he telling them? He was not telling them there wouldn't be a storm. He wasn't telling them that the boat would look like it was sinking. Hello, your finances? Somebody said, my finances are worse now than they were when we entered this. He didn't promise that the boat wouldn't look like it was sinking. He just said, go get in the boat. We're going to the other side. Now, remember that, that when the storm came and Peter walked out right on the water and he, he looked around, he noticed the waves, he looked at the circumstances, got his focus off of Jesus, and he began to sink. And Jesus reached out his hand and raised him up and said, Oh, Peter, why did you not believe me? Why did you not trust me? In another instance, they got back in the boat and the disciples were all afraid that the boat was, quote, sinking 
This is another instance. So Jesus was asleep in the, in the front of the boat, right? Remember this story? Jesus was asleep. The boat is sinking. The waves are roaring. All the disciples are concerned. They go wake up Jesus. Jesus, don't you care that we are going to perish? And Jesus said, oh, you of little faith. And then he calmed the storm. People think that the great faith was in Jesus calming the storm. It wasn't. He does that kind of stuff all day long. But he's also the one that allows it all day long. The great faith was when he said, we're going to the other side, he expected them to trust that word. We're going to the other side. And no matter what you experience in between, I will get you there. So no matter what we've experienced during this pandemic, no matter what we have experienced in the loss of finances, the loss of people, the loss of gathering, the loss of a business, the loss of a spouse, whatever it has been, God is taking you to the other side. Change is integral to life. And your life challenges, your pain, your failures, your upheavals are part of you becoming Say it, I'm becoming. Your destiny is being revealed through the things that are not normal. God doesn't want you normal. He's never been normal. He's never done normal things except to love, which is very normal in the kingdom. We must learn to embrace change. To live in transformation is to embrace, embrace change and let go of the structures which prevent us from loving and caring more deeply and from uncovering our destiny. Abraham, God tells him to get up and leave his country. Leave everything that's familiar to you. And from him, God brought an entire nation, a whole entire people and culture of faith, and he became God's friend. But on the front end, there was great tumultuous beginnings where it didn't look like God was around. How about Joseph? Bullied, abused, sold by his family members into slavery, falsely accused, forgotten. But then God gave him influence second only to the president of the nation. And out of his wisdom, Joseph's wisdom, he delivered an entire nation through a food program. Lewis? <laughs> yes, the new normal. Sold, abused, rejected. But God, out of that story, comes to play and brings a new normal out of it because God does what God does all the time. He takes our life, and if we'll trust Him with it, we are becoming. We are becoming. David, his brothers were favored by his father. He was looked over during recruitment. He was too small to carry the king's battle armor. But he's the one that crushed the giant. He gave birth to the Messianic lineage. And he became the one known as a man after God's own heart. Daniel faithful, loyal worshiper of God, uncompromising in principled life. Yet through the political jealous hatred of rivals, he winds up in a den of lions. How about you? Do you feel like maybe your story has gone to the lions and this was not what you planned and yet you've been faithful. You've gone to church You've done your part. You've served the Lord faithfully. You love the Bible and read the Scripture and pray daily. So did Daniel, and he wound up in the lion's den. But then, you can know as Daniel did, your future is secure and that God will deliver you and bring you out as he did Daniel, who became one of the greatest prophetic seers of all time. But to open his eyes, to become a seer, you've got to reject the systems that have become static in your life. And you've got to open yourself to the possibility of not going back to normal and embracing a new future. Paul, 
Oh my goodness, Pharisee among Pharisees, legal scholar, hater of all that was Jesus and early Christianity. But he had an encounter with the living Christ, love incarnate. And as a result, he wrote over half of the New Testament in our Bibles. And, of course, he introduced us to the gospel of grace that has now transformed earth's inhabitants. How about Jesus himself, the very Son of God, came as a revelation of all that God was, never sinned, perfect, full of compassion and love and grace, and yet he died. He was crucified becoming an example of the cruciform love of God. You see, the whole Bible tells us that normal is actually when we go through pain and suffering and circumstances that are beyond our control and we are thrust into a place of having to get on our knees and trust. Raise our hands in surrender and trust. There's a word that's been used in reference to many of the things that are going on in society and during this pandemic that seems to suggest a very dark scenario. It's the word apocalyptic. Now, what comes to your mind as soon as I say that? Apocalyptic. Well, the end, dark, war, destruction, annihilation, what was being wiped out. But that's not the Greek meaning of the word apocalyptic at all. The Greek word for apocalyptic is to pull the curtains back. Dear ones, that's the time we're living in. God is pulling back the curtains through what to us seems like negatively apocalyptic events. And he's letting us see with a new vision. Richard Rohr said, and I quote, We are living through a period of global disorder. People around the world are experiencing tremendous suffering, uncertainty, and disruption to their lives. Reality is being unveiled. Systems of evil and injustice are being seen in greater clarity. And our collective normal has been radically unended. Walking through this chaos and despair can be difficult. But ultimately, it is when everything seems adrift that the spiritual journey becomes both an anchor and a sail. I don't know about you. And I've struggled with it. But I'm getting more accustomed to saying, Lord, take me out into new waters. I'm ready to go. (laughs) Imagine praying that as I was laying on the floor in our guest bedroom. Here's part of my new normal, okay? With the loss of our building and the having to put everything in storage, our garage from front to back is filled with stuff. We can't park our cars in the garage. We used to get two cars in our garage. Not anymore. They sit outside on the driveway. And this has been not for a couple of months. This has been for two years. And then most recently, as we rearranged some storage, some of that had to come into the house. Well, we have a spare bedroom, so that's where it went. So, when we're all home, we all. I mean, it's Nina, me, and two dogs, okay? So when we're all home and I'm studying and I'm in my office, all right, my office doesn't have a door on it. It has an archway and then direct shot down the hall to the TV and the dogs running around and yipping and people coming to the door and the dogs barking and all kinds of things that are going on. And the best I can do is to get away is to go into the guest room. And so I found it interesting yesterday as I considered my new normal that I was laying in between tubs and audio video equipment and computer equipment and stuff just all over the room, all right? I created a little pathway where literally I could lay down not much more than the width of my body. I put my leg up on a tub and I had my, my, my iPad thing here. 
I forget what these things are. I don't know what to call them. And I, and I was thinking about my message, and I was thinking, you know, this is my new normal. I don't have a place to go to pray, to seek God, to bring heaven down to earth, to bring the wisdom of God into manifestation for you so that I can come and present it with the power and anointing of the Holy Spirit. I don't have that. I have an aisle in the guest bedroom between equipment and tubs. That's my normal. I know. Wah, wah. <laughs> Somebody did that to me the other day. I think it was you that did that to me at Bingo the other day when I was complaining about something. Listen, listen to me, folks. Life and love are cumulative. Though I am living with less, the truth is I'm experiencing more. That's the truth of it. I have a deeper love for people after the past couple of years. I have a more patient heart and outlook. I have a greater grace in dealing with things I can't control, a deeper awareness of his abiding presence and my closeness to him, a measurable transformation in the heart as witness through the eyes and the voice of people that I talk to that I can actually see it's making a difference and yet I'm laying on my floor in between boxes studying and I thank God that this is a transformational new normal. I don't want to go back to what was normal. I want to embrace my future. How about you? Faith accepts that nothing is static. Our understanding of God is being uncovered. It's not that God changes, it's that our uncovering allows us to see more of Him. Everyday life is not designed by God to be static. We're to lean into God's patterns and expect average to be interrupted. Expect grace to attach to the static systems and to attack the static systems of belief that are in our lives and completely upend them. And by the way, when you meander, God meanders with you. <laughs> when I used to be when I would meander, I was up at the altar the next Sunday praying and asking God for free. Uh, come on, right? Begging God to forgive me. You know what? When I meander, God meanders with me. When I get off the beaten track, God goes there with me, right? We're talking about the incarnation of Jesus. We're not talking about a religious system. We're talking about God becoming human, dying on a cross and saying, I want to live in you. Not because you're something, not because you're anything other than my child and I love you just the way that you are. I want to incarnate my very being in you and bring you in to the divine dance that I have, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. There is a faith and a hope that expresses itself in love. And seeing the kingdom of God requires a spirit wind, not a static system of belief in a particular dogma or creed. I didn't read it, but our text was taken from John's Gospel, chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. You'll remember it, how that Jesus, uh, Nicodemus came to Jesus by night and said, hey, What's the deal? And Jesus said, you must be, say it, born again, right? Say it all, born again. And Nicodemus, only being of flesh and stuck in a system that was static and religious and legal, he said, what is this? I can't enter back into my mother's womb and be born a second time. And Jesus said, oh, you don't understand. That which is flesh is born of flesh. It comes out the birth canal. But I'm talking about a life lived by the spirit wind, where things are not static. Your religion and your faith is not normal and static and tied to a system of belief. God is upsetting your system of beliefs. Some of you are willing to go there. We've been going there. The Corsons, Jeff and Nina, have been going there. Many of you have told us you've been going there. Things have been changing. You look at things different. You see Scripture different. And I say amen. 
Because actually, the psychologists have discovered a basic new law. We might call it the first law of spiritual energy. Stated very simply, this law goes like this. Energy follows attention. Do you lack energy? Do you lack desire? Do you lack motivation? Change your focus. Quit going after normal. Quit trying to get normal back. Embrace your future. Embrace change. Embrace the fact that God might be taking you on a completely different dirt journey. But I know this. He's promised to get you to the other side. He's promised. He will do it. So give thanks for the Holy Spirit breaking in upon our static places. Ask for the grace to recognize the life-destroying structures that you have in place that are keeping you in a place of monotony and average and mediocrity. Take account of your day. Each hour, if you can, just stop for a breather. Take just a minute and start considering all the goodness of God and the things He's allowed in your life and the things that He's allowed you to be a part of. Thank God for new opportunities to show kindness and thank God for all that He has done. Just some of the things that we can do. We're going to receive communion this morning. But just before we do, I'm going to have a song. I'd like you to listen to the song. I think this song came into my life a couple of years ago, probably three or four years ago. It was just so precious, so special. And I played it over and over and over again. Now, that was a different version. And you know how songs are. You tend to forget them and it becomes familiar. And so a new song comes along and that becomes your new favorite. And so I saw the title of the song and I remembered it. I surrender. I surrender. And I started watching it and I said, oh, this is not that. This is that same song, same lyric, but this is not what I saw in previous years. This is special. This is passion. This is something flowing out of this person's innermost being as they sing. And I want to share it with you. I surrender and we'll come back and we'll pray and we'll take communion.
I'm going to pray that God would do in us what happened to Jesus when He died on the cross. The body says that, or the Bible says that He was broken. (laughs) He was broken. And then He was raised. Lord, I pray for those watching, for those who will be listening by audio later, and for all of us here in this room, that as we take the bread, You would break from and out of our lives, any system, any belief, any way of being that has us trapped and is hindering us from embracing our future. Let's take and eat. And after supper, he took the cup he said, this is the new covenant. Man, I, he said, I promise, all right? I'm backing this thing. I'm going to be your new normal. Let's take, let's drink with the promise. He's our new normal. Wow, 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 wow. Prayer number two, Jeff, please put it up, and Nina's going to come. If you would, could we have this second of the three prayers, Jeff? while we close uh, our service, and Nina's going to come and make a couple of announcements. I think I have it in there. So under the prayer, prayer declarations, is it not in there? We can move on if not. Okay. No, that's all right. Nina, Nina go ahead, and we'll just do the prayer, prayer at the end. You know, I want to thank Jeff and Chris for all their help back there. It's really a three-person situation, and there's only two of them. And uh, we, are, we are looking for more help in our AV department anytime someone might be interested in being trained. So sometimes when things aren't happening, it's because, well, right now I'm taking attention to the camera. Oh, yeah, i got to pay attention to the sound. We appreciate these guys. They show up week in and week out and bless all of us, bless us. Those of you who are by live stream, it's by benefit of these, these folks here in the back that you can't even see. And so thank you, Chris. Thank you, Jeff, for your wonderful faithfulness that you give here for us. Um, 
as we get prepared to end service, we have a couple of more things. One of them is prayer requests. If you have a prayer request, please text it to me. That would be the easiest than me trying to hear what you're saying. 720-878-3323. And of course, that applies for everyone out online as well. Um, we want to remind you about tithes and offerings. You know, there's a principle in scripture about bringing your tithes and offerings into what's called the storehouse or the place where you're fed. And if Genesis is the place where you're fed, we appreciate your tithes and offerings. Uh, if you're here in the service, you're welcome to take an envelope and put it right there in the basket at the back on the table uh, or just drop finances or checks in if you would like or any of you including those of you online you can always go to our website at genesiscc.net and find the donate button and click on that it's very simple or text to give at 720-730-8510 and we thank you for all of the generous and faithful giving that allows us to continue to be ministers and have ministry through Genesis gathering. So I, we're going to pray here, and I'm not seeing any new texts. Anybody might be sending some, um, but I do have quite a list. There's, there's certain people we've been praying for a number of weeks who are for a number of weeks still working out the situations they're in, still recovering from surgeries, still trying to find out from doctors what's going on with them and what needs to happen next. You can imagine with some of, for some of these folks, there's a lot of frustration uh, that things aren't worked out yet. So if you're hearing their names over again, keep them in prayer in regards to the frustrations they're facing uh, as well as the actual physical uh, situation. So I'm going to... Um, Thank you, Lewis. We're going, I'm going to name a few folks here that are dealing with physical issues and their families as well who have to help uh, as these folks are, are possibly incapacitated in certain ways. So here are some names. Tina and Jim, Christina, our, our Christina, our Jean, <laughs> Mary Ann, and Eileen. For Diane Cooper, we continue to pray for her recovery from her surgery. For Hannah, she's a teenager dealing with an unusual illness that has many facets to it, uh, very difficult. Uh, we've heard progress reports on b little baby Oliver, who was born at only about a pound and something. So there's been progress, but obviously this takes some time to get completely... Uh, where he needs to be, and mom, his mom. For Tina, who's out of a state, and her mom, Babs, is here, and Tina's struggling with cancer. Uh, Tina's an adult. M mom, Babs, can't easily get to her and can't easily communicate with her because of situations. You can imagine the difficulty there. And then our Bob and Linda, uh, struggling with COVID, and our Brianna, um, who was here the last two weeks helping out side there with the food, and now she's struggling also with COVID. And Vicki asks us to pray for the Denver City, pardon me, Denver County Sheriffs and Staffs. They've had several deaths and mishaps. Pray for their protection. And then Lewis said to pray that we accept the new normal and grow to lead in that new normal. I'm reminded today of the scriptures in Hebrew 4, Hebrews 4, 8, 4, 16. It says this, so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. So right now we pray together, and Lord, we thank you. We approach your throne room boldly. We thank you that your doors are wide open to hear us and to care and to love and to spread your grace to all these who we have named and the Denver County Sheriff's Department and all of these people de dealing with illnesses or surgeries or the, the unsureness of the, the illnesses that they're working through, Father. For, for, I didn't name Mary for Mary's continued uh, recovery from the surgery she had a couple of weeks ago. 
Father, we thank you for your, your great care. Your, you understand everything that we don't understand. You understand the things the doctors don't understand. And so we thank you that you, the great physician, are working on behalf of each of these, that your comfort and your love and your wisdom uh, is spread to these families. And then, Father, regarding us adjusting to a new normal, we thank you that you are working in us both to will and to do of your good pleasure at this time and with the gifts you give us. And we agree together in prayer over these things in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen and amen. You coming back? prayer now. So if everybody would stand, those of you that are uh, in your PJs and sitting back in your lounge chair or on the couch, um, you can have that, I guess. I don't okay. need that, do I? Right. So come on, stand with me, everybody. <laughs> Let's make a declaration using this prayer, all right? One, two, ready? Read. Make us less certain about the things of which we are certain and more open to the possibilities that we do not see. God bless you. Have a great rest of your weekend. We'll see you next week. As Nina said, now that we're back meeting in public, we have a, a number of opportunities opening up for service. And so I'd like you just to pray and follow the Holy Spirit's leading in how he would have you serve. All right? God bless you all. We'll see you next week. Okay? Bye-bye.